Welcome to the Leadership Prescription Podcast, where leaders come to get their Friday medicine. Your host is the number one business strategist, leadership authority, entrepreneur, author, and keynote speaker, Dana Michelle Woods. If you are ready for the leader's talk, then without further ado, here is Dana Michelle Woods. Hello, everyone. It's Dana Michelle Woods of DMWI Consulting and on the Leadership Prescription podcast today. We're going to be talking about a number one disruptor that's making a lot of noise. And we have the queen of blockchain, and that is Miss Tanya Lawrence. And she's going to be walking us through, giving us some tips on how to prepare our business for this new disruptor. Now, for some of you will say, I've heard about this a long time ago. Well, I haven't. And so it's really important as a leader in your business that you prepare for disruptors. You know, when you take the, the SWOT analysis, you know, the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, this can be a threat to your business or it could be an opportunity to your business. It all depends on how you see it. So without further ado, let's everyone welcome Ms. Tanya, the queen of blockchain here to Alicia Prescription Podcast. Woo, woo, woo. So Tanya, give us your background. Tell us why this is something that you have wrapped your, your hands around. Hi, Dana. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure. Um, my background is as an investment banker. My husband and I owned an investment banking firm for over 24 years. We facilitated financing for businesses, anyone who needed anywhere from a million dollars to 200 million we facilitated that financing and our niche in the marketplace was credit enhanced financing. So um, my husband was working in the Clinton administration when they were sued and the Department of Agriculture needed to rewrite the regulations and he did so. So we knew the regulations, we knew how to navigate that process and became the country's foremost experts in navigating that process for businesses and for banks. And we were working for businesses all around the country when one of our clients who came to us needed financing and he needed to pay his retainer, which was about $25,000, and he asked, could he pay his retainer in Bitcoin? This was about eight years ago. And of course we were like, bit what? Never heard of it. We reached out to, I reached out to one of our lawyers at a prominent law firm who represented banks across the country, asked him, did he know anything about Bitcoin? He said, absolutely not, but he would look into it. And lo and behold, uh, the next day he got back to us and said, stay away from it. You're going to go to jail. It's bad. Stay away. And so we did. We turned the client down. And to this day, I want to choke my attorney and say, why? Um, but you know what you know at any given time. And, and now it's all about education, educating ourselves, knowing what's coming down the pipeline. And we call blockchain the technology that's behind the Bitcoin app. Uh, we call it the Internet 2.0. It's really revolutionized how everything is done in not only the business world, but in our personal lives. It's a disruptor, just like Uber disrupted the taxi cab industry or the rideshare industry. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so when I was doing just a little bit of research, I knew that you were going to be joining us. Um, one of the things that... It, I always think of blockchain as only currency, but it's broader than that. And um, talk about that because I always, when I think of Bitcoin, I do think of blockchain, but mm -hmm. that's not, I mean, that's a part of it, but it's, it's bigger. It will cross, it, it will revolutionize various industries, if not every industry. 
And so why is it that I don't hear a lot about this on the news? And I hear a lot about the Russia, you know, investigation. Okay, we're over that. But why is it that we don't we don't hear more about this? And and how can businesses, a small business, is something that should be concerned with now? Okay. So let me back up just a moment and give you some backdrop, if you will. Um, blockchain technology was created in 2008 by a person or a group of people that call themselves Satoshi Nakamoto. Um, it was created as a public ledger so that the Bitcoin, the, the new tech, the first application on blockchain technology would have nodes or computers across the world that would be a public ledger instead of just a bank knowing what your bank balance is. There are computers around the world that know what your Bitcoin balance is and public and uh, there's no one bank or no one person that can change it. Each one of those nodes would need to have the same information and be able to confirm that the money was being able to be sent via Bitcoin. And so it's a way to keep money from being double spent, um, keep checks from bouncing. Mm. Um, credit card payments from being charged back because they decided they didn't want to pay for something. So it was created as a ledger technology specifically for Bitcoin at that time. But the applications are massive around the world and through multiple industries. Um, there's a growing list of companies around the world that are using it because it does provide a very secure uh, a set of blocks. The information that is controlled on the blockchain is a set of blocks that are secured by cryptography. And that distributed, distributed ledger, if you will, um, you know, you go to your accountant and they have everything lined up for you, your credits, your debits. Well, that is the same type of thing that's happening on the blockchain, but now it's peer to peer. It's not uh, a bank or a third party being in the middle. It's you, it's me, it's a computer over in Asia, a computer over in India that are all verifying the same information in real time on computer systems. And so if one computer goes down, you don't have to wait for Bank of America to be open in the United States in order to send Bitcoin. You have that computer, a computer somewhere that's up and running in another country, multiple computers that have the ledger on there so that the information can move. So the underlying technology is going to allow for security for people to be able to move information in real time without needing a third party. And just like you said earlier, for businesses, it's really important to know how it applies to them um, for their business. And for individuals, when you're looking at a career, you need to know how it applies to you as well. Last year, when we were looking for a college for our second daughter, we went to Goucher University here in um, Goucher College here in Baltimore, mm -hmm. and we were so excited to hear that the the president of the the college understood that there are certain uh, career paths that are going to be obsolete, and so they already started taking them off of the roster so that kids don't spend the money, you know, sixty thousand dollars a year to graduate with a degree that may not be applicable because of the changes in technology. And like you said, it's a time for you to understand where technology is going and you can get ahead of it, how you can create still a space for yourself in whatever field you have. And so we're really excited just to be talking about blockchain technology in the mainstream, um, knowing that we learned about it years ago and kind of got 
um, information based on what someone else knew at that time, someone that we trusted. And so we're, we're just glad that we're out here talking to people and sharing the information and helping them understand how technology is changing. You know, or excuse me, Blockbuster decided years ago that they did not want to get involved with the opportunity to stream movies online because they said it for work, the technology would never be there. The movies would be too slow. I think there's one Blockbuster store still in the United States. Mm -hmm. So technology that disrupts is something that happens. It happens massively. It happens aggressively, mostly behind the scenes before you and I know about it. Mm -hmm. When we're having these open and frank discussions, it, it should be welcome. It should be welcome with open arms and people should um, take the lids off of the reality that they know and the possibilities that they know and say, hey, how can I learn more? How can I be informed about it? And really take the opportunity to learn and grow from it. So what's one tip a small business owner can, can use in their business um, in reference to blockchain? What was one tip that they can do today? One tip that they can do today, I would say um, find out where the blockchain communities are in your local area. Uh, there are summits happening all over the world. There are blockchain communities. If you, if you look them up, any Google blockchain communities in your area, you will find a group of people who are learning about blockchain, studying blockchain, and then how it applies in different areas and different businesses. Uh, we talked about blockchain being a disruptor and how it creates trust among third parties. Well, if you don't need a third party, guess what type of industries are going to be disrupted? those industries that are completely centered around third parties. So you're talking realtors, CPA firms, title agencies, uh, banks are the first ones to be disrupted with blockchain technology, uh, travel agents, you name it, any career where you're a third party or intermediary between uh, uh, two entities, you're now at risk of being interrupted by blockchain technology or internet 2.0 because people will be able to transact directly using blockchain technology without a third-party intermediary. So a good way to make sure that either you have your foothold on it is learning about it or finding a way to create the technology that supports your industry. Mm -hmm. So and for realtors, you know, a big part of what they did not only was showing houses, but they needed to help put together the contracts so that the house could be purchased and the person could have obtained a deed for the home. So learning how as a realtor to put together smart contracts over the blockchain is definitely a way to go to make sure that you stay relevant or making sure that you're helping your clients that have homes learn how the blockchain works and how they're able to put their homes on a blockchain because there'll still be a learning curve for many years for need help and assistance using blockchain technology. Wonderful. Would you say you and your husband are positioning yourselves to be one of the thought leaders in the area of blockchain? Yes, and, and um, more so right now in the space of digital currency, uh, being able to help people understand the various digital currencies are, that are out there. We also work with large buyers and sellers of Bitcoin. So anyone needing a thousand Bitcoin or more, um, my husband's an attorney as well, so he can facilitate that process, the legal process, getting the contracts together, getting the um, everything that's needed to be done for those transactions to take place 
usually around the world. So we're dealing in different time zones with people around the world who are wanting to buy or sell a thousand Bitcoin or more. Wow. Now you talk about the banks and the banks have been around for quite some time. Yeah. I just can't see them allowing this new disruptor, which could possibly cause, cause them to close their doors. I can't see them not making a noise, not putting lobbyists out there to block this disruptor. How much competition, especially a big, big banks coming together? I can see Bank of America and PNC and Wells Fargo, even though they're different banks, they're competitors. Sometimes competitors come together just to unite to fight against a cause. How much you believe that um, the, the hurdle will be to really get Bitcoin seen as almost like a U.S. dollar? You know, of course, I know Bitcoin. I know Bitcoin is in different currencies and so forth. Well, not currency. I won't say that way. But other other countries can use Bitcoin. But how do how do we be able to say, well, do I want to use my dollar or do I want to use my Bitcoin? So talk about that piece there. That's stiff competition. It's almost like Goliath and you know, and David and Goliath kind of a situation. Yeah. So Dana, you know the old saying: if you can't beat them, join them, right? I love here. Yeah. <laughs> So the banks have taken a different approach to it. There are probably over 2,500 different digital currencies available that are being publicly traded. And the ones that will stick around will be the ones that have a useful purpose. And one of them is called Ripple. Ripple took a different approach. Instead of it being a public ledger, um, they are allowing the banks to kind of control and um, privately control how the technology is working. So the banks and American Express are utilizing Ripple to transfer large volumes of dollar uh, internationally. And so for the banking industry, there, there was a problem. It was very expensive to transfer currency from, one, from the dollar, say, to the yen or mm -hmm. the dollar to the euro. That was very expensive. It was timely. Sometimes it could take two to three days for your money to move from one country to another. And that's a problem. And when you have a disruptor like blockchain technology come along where within seconds, some money can be transferred from one country to another country or a currency can be transferred from one country to another country, they said, let's figure out how we get involved. So they are using a technology called Ripple and wow. It's not something that you're going to hear, you're going to walk into the bank and maybe the teller is going to know about, but it's on the private banking side. They are using the Ripple technology to move large volumes of dollars around the world. Now, another thing I wanted to see how we're doing on time, we're doing perfect. Uh, one other thing I want to talk about is um, we know we have cyber attacks. And that's been a big concern for a lot of businesses, whether it's small, midsize and Fortune 500. And when I was doing my research, they were saying that blockchain is very secure and it's very trusted. Is it cyber proof or nothing is really cyber proof? Kind of walk us through how much value we should put in this new technology. Okay, so with Bitcoin being the first application on the blockchain, uh, different currencies or different um, yeah, different currencies have come along and made it even more secure. But let's start with just Bitcoin. Bitcoin, we talked about those blocks of information that are stored in the blockchain. Well, every 10 minutes, a new block is formed. So let's say uh, yourself, you have 10 minutes worth of information. 
that is stored in your memory based on what you know over your 30 plus years of living, right? Mm -hmm. Then that 10 minutes goes by, that block is sealed. And now you come to me. I have another block of information that is stored based on my 30 plus years of living because we're both in our 30s. Mm -hmm. We're going with that, right? <laughs> based on my 30 years of experience, I have another uh, block of information that's sealed. And after 10 minutes, it will go on to the next person who has 30 years of information stored in that 10 minute period. Now, I don't know everything that you know. There's no way I could hack into you and figure out everything that you know. And so in order for someone to go back and change what you did on your 21st birthday, they would have to go back and change your plan that you made that led up to what you did on your 21st birthday that's all stored in your block of information. So let's say they decided 15 minutes from now, they passed me, they want to make that change. They now have to go back and change my data, the person that was before me changed their data, and now get into your data and get back into that year 21 or a year 20 when you started making plans for your 21st birthday. They would have to be able to go in and change all of that information in real time before another block of data gets sealed. So when I say it's virtually impossible, it's virtually impossible. It would take all of the supercomputers in the world to be able to accomplish that in the time frame that they would need before another block of data is sealed. So when you hear about people being hacked or um, you know a problem with their digital currency, it's not on the blockchain side. It's typically on their side, their computer, something that wasn't secure on their end. Maybe they hacked their emails and they got their password from their email or someone got into someone's cell phone and got information there, but it's not from the actual blockchain. I was reading and it said that blockchain could actually help us have a virtual virtual passport. It could come to that down. I'm like, man, that's interesting right there. You know, just the, it's, it's, it reminds me of tofu. You know, when you eat tofu, you can put it in cream cheese. You can put it in, if you want to make some chicken or whatever, it has multiple purposes. Yes. And that to me is what, I, what I'm hearing, what I'm reading, what blockchain is. It has multiple purposes. It was designed for one thing, but now it turns out it can be used for so much more than I, I would imagine the creator even had even designed or thought about. Do you ever see the government trying to regulate this new technology? They are coming up with right now legislation around how uh, digital currencies will be taxed and not so much how the blockchain will be regulated. I don't know if you know, when the email, when email was first created, the postal service, the federal postal service thought that they should have control of email. They thought it was fit. And it was all money generated because, as we know, email disrupted the Postal Service. Yeah. They went from the only profitable government agency to being in the hole. And so who knows what the government is thinking and what their intentions might be for how they play a role in blockchain technology. But already uh, there is a company that is working in West Virginia to help them do their voting over the blockchain. Mm. No more recounts, no more votes being lost. How America would be different today if just eight years ago this technology was implemented, uh, or even longer ago, 16 years ago, if this technology was implemented and we were able to have 
blockchain voting in Florida. That's the debacle there that they had. Um, so just think about when you talk about taking the lid off of the possibilities, um, the smart grids that are available now in New York, they're going to be on the blockchain so that someone who has solar panels on their roof will be able to sell energy to their neighbor over a smart grid because that information will be on the blockchain. Um, right now, there's a company doing spatial exploration and there's, there's all the information that they're gathering will be on the blockchain so that it will be able to be shared in real time around the world. Uh, there are supply chain companies who specialize in block, using the blockchain for supply chain management and logistics. Again, changing exactly how things work around the world. Video games are being done over the blockchain. Our children were the first people really to understand how the blockchain worked because they were using it on their video games and you know, getting coins and tokens when they played video games. So they were doing, and uh, the video games were training them how to use blockchain technology mm -hmm. and to obtain tokens to be able to use them to buy you know, more widgets on the video game. So the children of today are probably more adept and will have a, a better adoption of blockchain technology and digital currency than anyone else because they're so used to using it in video games. We also have, um, like I said earlier, smart contracts that will completely change how things are done. When someone is able to have a contract, get it filled out, have the information still right there, they don't have to pay an attorney $20,000 to put together a contract, they'll be able to do it. So we're talking about recording artists, um, regular artists, mm -hmm. for houses, contracts for the purchases of companies, con any type of contract that will be needed there'll be smart contracts available that peer, people can use it peer-to-peer -peer and the information cannot be changed. Uh, titles for property. In uh, South America, there was a problem with people having their deeds or their titles to their homes only stored at the government buildings. But when a dictator would come and take over, they could go and burn all those titles and take the person's land and now say they own it. Now, if that information's on the blockchain, it's not just stored in that local county or municipality's office, it's on the blockchain, it's imputable. And that person would have proof of their ownership of their land. Um, another way blockchain technology is helping is in the medical space. We know that there was a big article, I think it was in Forbes, one of the magazines I just got talking about when the electronic medical records took place, there were problems. Well, I know there was a problem for me when my oldest daughter went to George Washington University her doctor's office had changed over to the electronic medical, electronic medical records and lost all of her shot records. Devastating. We had to go through so much to prove that she had been immunized so that she could get into college. Well, now with blockchain technology, that information will be on there. And it, when it gets changed, it will show exactly who changed it, what nurse put it in, what time. Um, they will have to have a code for putting it in. So you can go back and track exactly what information was put in there. You know, if you're sick somewhere in another country and they need to know what you're allergic to, you'll have those records available anywhere in the world. So the, the technology is really going to enhance our lives in so many ways and the sky's the limit. Wonderful. Now, what country is really, they're on the cutting edge of this. Which country would you say that would be? I would say Brazil. Um, the, yeah. Their dollar went down significantly, and so they're using 
Bitcoin are more right now in volume than anyone else in the world. So they're really taking the, the ability to use Bitcoin and taking it to the max and they're able to buy and sell goods uh, around the country without worrying about the value of their dollar decreasing. Wonderful. Now, would you say that the law enforcement will be able to use the blockchain technology? I was thinking in my head they could mm -hmm. use this technology, but tell me about how would that impact our law enforcement in the court system as well? So let's say someone gets pulled over and now they don't have to worry about if someone has a real driver's license because, or, or, or fake ID, they'll be able to look on the blockchain and see exactly who that person is and that information will not have been able to be changed. So yes, it can definitely help law enforcement uh, be able to track information. And I, I am sure the government is going to be using it for our national security as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, as we are, we have a couple more minutes, we're wrapping up. Um, I'm just trying to think of, um, I'm trying to think of what industry would not be impacted by the blockchain, but I can't think of not a single one right now that would no. not be impacted. So I'll give an example, maybe 21 years ago, when my daughter was born, I was talking to someone at the investment banking firm and they were talking about creating a website for a restaurant. I thought it was the stupidest idea in the world. Why in the world would a restaurant need a website? You can't eat on a computer. And back then we still had dial up. So it took 20 minutes for this stupid thing to come on anyway. And so I was wrong. The information I had in my understanding and my limitations did not allow me to see the vision for the internet. And now, if a restaurant does not have a website, we might not go eat there, right? Mm -hmm. Check the menu, we couldn't check their hours, we couldn't check the pricing, uh, we couldn't check any ratings on them. So the internet has played an integral part in every business now. And so the internet 2.0 or blockchain technology, I am sure will do the same thing. And I would love to give this example of a, a Jetson scenario <coughs> of how blockchain technology could end up working for us. So let's say you decided you wanted to go buy a house. And so instead of needing a realtor, the house that you, the houses that you're looking at are listed on a blockchain. You're able to look it up and see what's close to you, what meets your criteria, what has five bedrooms, five bathrooms, a pool, uh, a pool house, all the things that you want, right? And so you find that house on a blockchain and then you enter your information and there is currently a company that is called Bloom that's going to take over TransUnion, Experian, all those different companies, credit reporting agencies that have been hacked and your data has been compromised. So Bloom keeps that information secure right now on the blockchain. Well, not only does it talk about just your credit score, it talks about your social scores, your Uber driver, how you did when you stayed at your Airbnb, how you left the property. So again, a credit score as well as your social score. So let's the top score is 900 on Bloom and you go and you put your information to go into the house and it says, you know what, she has an 850 Bloom score. We're going to let her have access to this home. Well, you have a, a code, you go to that home, you tap that code in on the keypad, a key pops out and now you can get into the home and tour it without a realtor, without the homeowner being there. You're taking a tour of the home. You go through, you decide, I love it. This is something that I think I'm going to put a bid in on, but let me check first to make sure that there's a clear title available. You go onto the blockchain, you're able to see the full title, everyone that's purchased or bought that home 
or owned it or put a lien on it since the home was built. All of that's available at your fingertips on the blockchain. You go one step further and you say, okay, I want to have an appraisal done to make sure this value is real. You look it up on the blockchain and you see that the current owner already had an appraisal. And you decide, let me see what the Bloom score is for that appraiser. Are they a qualified appraiser uh, for doing this appraisal? They have a 900 Bloom score. You said, great, I trust that appraisal. I'm going to use that appraisal. I don't even have to get an appraisal. You say, okay, now I need the $1.2 million to buy this home. Where do I get it from? You know where you're going to get it from, Dana? You're going to get it from some 16-year-old that's been gaming for the last three years and building tokens. And now they become their own investment banking firm and able to lend out money. And so with a push of a button, because of your credit score on Bloom, you're able to get a loan from this 16-year-old who's still somewhere sitting in the dark video game with a headset on saying, mom, stop bothering me. You know, so the world is changing. You'll be able to use a smart contract right away online. You'll be able to negotiate because the homeowners in the islands already um, enjoying the money that they're about to make off mm -hmm. of property. A smart contract, they've already preset in there. They've had it on the market for 1.2, but they're willing to accept 1.1, but they have uh, counters in there. So if you go in and you say, I want to offer you 1.15, they'll counter back at 10% more. There's already presets in the, the smart oh. for them so that you guys are able to use that smart contract to settle on a price for the home and you're able to buy the home right away, right? You're super excited. You're in your new home and you have your solar panels on the roof of your new home and your neighbor has solar panels as well. So your neighbor works from home during a day, but you're not home during a day because you're out educating the world on how to be a great leader in their company neighbor's home, they need to buy some energy. Their solar panel, talk to your solar panel on the smart grid and says, hey, I need to buy some energy. Their, their solar panels send money to your thermometer so that they're able to buy energy from your solar panel. And so you got money sitting on your thermometer and whatever currency it comes in. While you're out running the world and, and teaching people how to be great leaders, your car was sitting in the parking lot of a building that you were in for eight hours. So instead of your car sitting there, you let your smart car go out and drive for you. And now it's Ubering for you because you have a smart car that can drive on its own, maybe a Tesla. Okay. <laughs> your Tesla's out driving for you, picking up only passengers that have great bloom scores because you don't want anyone in your car that's going to make a mess or, or do something inappropriate. So it's out picking up great passengers, making money for you. You decide, hmm, on my, yesterday when I was at home, I realized I was out of yogurts. Well, you have a smart refrigerator at home that every time you took a, uh, a gallon of milk out or a juice or um, a yogurt, it knew Dana's down to four yogurts. Let me order more. You check your refrigerator and you say, go ahead, place the order. The, the refrigerator can now draw currency either from your thermometer that received money from your neighbor's solar panels or your smart car that was out driving while you were sitting still. You got multiple streams of income coming in, girl. You're really excited, right? Smart refrigerator just ordered food for you. It's gonna get delivered by a driverless vehicle that's dropping off your groceries at a designated point. Either your car, your smart trunk will pop open when you tell it to or at your front door. 
And guess what? You have your camera out there that monitors if anyone comes by and tries to take your groceries. That's the Jetson. That's, that's our the Jetson. That's the Jetson. As you were talking, I'm like, that's the Jetson life. It absolutely is. I don't know if we're ready for this, Tanya. It's I, happening I already. Everything that I, I just described to you is happening already in some part of the world. Wow. Yeah. You know, I want to thank you so much for um, for joining us. We actually went over for the very first time. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is so delicious. I mean, you know, oh, my, I'm just learning how to use my iPhone. I mean, like, my God, it's so much more. And technology is, I can see blockchain disrupting every industry, not just you know, not just digital currency, but every industry. And it's another, I mean, it's, it's going to take us to a whole nother level. And just in how we do business, how we interact with one another. I mean, this is really massive. And, um, and if you're, if you're not aware of what's taking place, you can, you can be behind, you know, you could be back in the pager. You know, we said pages back in the day, you can operate (laughs) your business, your life, when technology has moved us, we've quantum leaped in our technology. Now, I believe this does that. I just want to say thank you so much for joining us. I got to have you back, girl. I do. I would love to come I, back. It was so much action-packed information. So, Tanya, tell people how they can reach you. Are you guys doing workshops, seminars, webinars? Internet 2.0, talk to us. Give us some information. People can stay in contact with you. So people can find me on Instagram, uh, Facebook, and LinkedIn at The Blockchain Queen, T-H-E, Blockchain Queen. And I also have a page that I keep people up to date on blockchain technology on Facebook, and it's called All Things Blockchain. So go there. Um, follow us. And I put information all the time about what's happening in blockchain technology. Oh, by the way, your smart car, because you used your smart grid on your roof to buy your groceries, the money that your smart car made that day, you use the Bitcoin from that to go ahead and book you a vacation. I mean, things are just changing around the world. So um, follow me. I, I would love to meet all of you, talk to you, share the knowledge that I have. And Dana, we just discovered that we were in the same room together with Oprah many years ago. So many years small ago. World. Yeah. Small world. Tanya, thank you so much. I mean, just, I'm like, I just want to keep talking. I got a whole lot of work to do. And so do you as well. But I want to thank you so much for joining us on the Leisure Prescription Podcast, where leaders come and get their Friday medicine. It has been my honor to have you. We've never talked before and just kind of gelled. And I just want to say thank you again and have a wonderful weekend. Everyone, please follow her, All Things Blockchain. That's on Facebook. So you can stay in the know. This is something that we can't sleep on. We have to pay attention. And I'm really glad that we took the time to talk about blockchain today. And so it's going to go beyond digital currency. It's going to impact every single industry. And just like mom, just like Tanya said earlier, you know, Blockbuster was on everybody's corner. There's only one now in America, just only one. And so you don't want your business to be obsolete because you didn't pay attention to this new technology that's coming down the pipe for us. So again, thank you again, Tanya. Have a wonderful day. Everyone, we love everyone. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to Dana and Friends. Please stop by her website at www.danamwoods.com. Remember, leadership, a badge of honor, not an entitlement.